Welcome to the definitive guide to lead generation with Facebook ads. We're going to be covering lead form ads versus actually just running the lead gen ad unit on side of Facebook. Whether or not you want to be driving traffic to your website, we're also going to be understanding the qualification and disqualification that you should be running inside of your ads and how to use pixel events both online and offline to understand the effectiveness of each one of your concepts so you can start to really identify targeting and efficiencies by concept to improve conversion rate downstream and find the optimal level of unit economics for your macroeconomic business ultimately what we're going to cover as well is cost and scale how to evaluate what efficiency is desirable throughout the funnel instead of just saying what a completed actual sale should be worth and what a first and lead target cost should be so all that being said we're going to get into it once again i really value that you're going to be here we're going to make the absolute best use of it possible if you want more help go to links.facebookdisruptor.com i'm here to help that being said let's go so first off when we're doing lead gen on facebook bit of a background i actually was part of the alpha for the first lead gen ads that were ever run on the facebook platform we used it for nissan to put people in test drives for the 2015 Nissan Sentra. Fun fact, it costs about 50 bucks to get somebody to fill out a lead gen ad. And when those people showed up into a car dealership, one out of two people that took a test drive bought a car. That was worth $25,000. So basically we were getting one, we were getting a 250X ROAS on lead gen ads. That's also why ROAS is a completely nonsense number because that's a completely legitimate data point that is completely nonsense. So remember that when you're thinking about lead gen and you're trying to focus on your business, that you do need to understand the value of what you're doing. But also when you're looking at metrics like ROAS, you're focusing on the wrong part of the business on something that doesn't mean anything. So all that being said, let's dive into it. Now, Facebook has the lead generation ad unit. This is very common. People use it all the time. Basically it shows up, you fill out your information, boom. The advantage of the lead gen ad unit is that it's extremely easy for people to use. That's also a downside. The problem with lead gen ad units, number one, is they're disruptive. Not everybody's trying to actually use the lead gen ad unit. And if folks are not the types of individuals who have responded to that lead gen ad unit before, odds are they won't even see your lead gen ad units because Facebook is trying to deliver people experiences and content akin to the way that they've behaved before because estimated action rate is tremendously valuable so if you're only using the lead gen form type ad unit on facebook understand that you are facing the issue of a vast majority of potential users will never see your content they'll never see that lead form ad so there is an efficiency in how easy it is to get somebody to convert on that, but there's also a problem in that you are eliminating a large potential audience from ever even seeing your advertising. Now, the other option is using a landing page form, an LP form, basically driving traffic to a website where they fill out a form and then submit a lead. Historically, in my experience, having done this for nearly a decade now, the website-based lead form is more expensive. However, the conversion rate of this traffic tends to be a lot higher. So it is a volume versus quality play. 
you can use the lead form ad on Facebook. And odds are you're gonna get more leads for less cost. However, you are not saturating the entire market. You're actually missing a majority of the individuals. And the quality of those leads tends to be far less. Because there is, because it's easier to fill out, there is less of an effort, less of a buy-in, less of an endorsement from the target user to actually care about what it is that you're doing. And because of that, because of the lack of a need for them to lean in, we ultimately face an issue of a lack of their overall intent or a lower quality of it. So understand that between lead gen ads and actually running traffic to a page to fire a lead form, you're ultimately having the conversation of quality versus quantity. In my experience, driving traffic to a landing page to get somebody to fill out a lead form tends to be a far more valuable piece, especially once we start to understand that Facebook does not exist in isolation. And the ability to optimize that landing page to qualify or disqualify people that are coming in. Eliminating folks who maybe it's a high ticket offer aren't gonna do it. Eliminating folks who are not interested but are just like tire kickers. Also giving people more context so you can overcome objections. Also a lead form on a website is something where you can have those individuals fill out a lot of bits of different pieces of information. And at this point, the majority of users on their phone, on their laptops, on their home computers and tablets have their information set up to autofill the majority of forms anyway, which was the primary unfair advantage that lead form ads had on Facebook is that you were able to get individuals to fill out their information with a click. If you're running on Chrome or Safari, that's probably available for each user anyway. That's already happening. So my point here is the unfair advantage of the lead form has been mitigated by the progress of technology through browsers. That being said, when you do have a lead form on your web page, you are able to fill out a lot of other information. For instance, in my Facebook Ads MBA program, my CMO development and, to be fair, best in class education for digital marketing, that's an immersive like experience, right? We've got courses, we've got one-on-ones, we've got a community, we've got dynamic curriculum, guest speakers, all this stuff. And it's a one-time payment, no monthly fee. Like that is a life-changing opportunity for individuals, but does take an investment to get there. I don't just want your email. I want you to be able to understand this is the level of interest. I also want to know, where did you find me? How long have you been following? What is the scale of your current operation? And also, because it does go through a sales funnel that ultimately has you and I having a conversation where you can book a call, basically, it's a lead form to book a call on my calendar. I want as much information that you're willing to share as possible so that ultimately we can get to a place of, is this the best fit for you? Are you in the right place to take the advantage of the Facebook Ads MBA program?
And if that's the case, I also want to know so that before we get on the call, I'm going to be able to do my homework to make sure that I can set this up for your best chance of success right away. Now, that's not something I'm going to get out of the Facebook ads lead form. But if you were to go to submit.facebookdisruptor.com and fill out an application for my Facebook ads MBA program, you'll see that there are questions in there. Some of them are essay form. Not that you have to write a thousand paragraphs, but where are you at right now? What are the problems that you're having right now? Are you ready to make a move today? What are the barriers that you're facing? What are you hoping to learn? What do you know about the program already? And that way I get more feedback on how I can let people know what I'm doing. I can also use that information to direct my creative and also my marketing angles and understand who I'm appealing to and what problems I need to address. I can also improve the quality of the product because I understand what people are coming in and what problems they're trying to solve. I'm also able to see who's there that's not ready. And I'm able to quality control the leads that are coming in. What that ultimately means in that situation is that lead form on my webpage is infinitely more valuable than Facebook lead form could be. Plus, I'm able to do email capture even if you don't find, even if you don't fill it out. I'm able to retarget you via other marketing channels because you've been to the page. Maybe what you need is an ebook or you want one-on-one -on -one consulting time or whatever else that happens to be. Because you've now landed on my page, you're pixeled, you're cookied, and I'm more than likely going to get your email one way or the other. So we can either start having conversations that might last weeks or months before it's the right time for you to come to the Facebook Ads MBA program. That's, again, not something I'm going to be able to do with just a Facebook lead ad. So ultimately, most of the time, I find that the best option for businesses that are trying to do lead generation that are in control of more than just the front end and that are ultimately trying to use lead gen as an acquisition strategy towards a relationship-based transaction, for those individuals, taking somebody to your landing page is often a much better opportunity than just having them fill out a lead gen ad on Facebook. Now, I hope that makes sense. If you have any questions to that stuff, please feel free to comment below. If there's other people that want to see this, please let them know. Share this with them. And if you want to know more about the Facebook ads, go to submit.facebookdisruptor.com. Check it out. Go to facebookdisruptor.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there as well. It's newsletter.facebookdisruptor.com. And if you want to work with me, it's links.facebookdisruptor.com. Go there and check things out. If you need help, I'm here to help you out. And I really love to make sure that you get as much information as possible so that you can be more successful with less stress. Now, next thing that we want to talk about here is qualification, pixel and concept. Now, the big thing that we're focusing in on here is if a lead gen is the first touch point in a multi-stage funnel, that's great. Lead, that's a conversion action. I always say that lead gen, the lead is actually more of an add to cart than it is a purchase. And the reason we have to think about it that way is, well, a lead isn't a customer yet. So that being said, what do we do with that information? Well, one, when I'm running conversion campaigns for leads, where my conversion objective is a lead event, not a purchase event, I can run my conversion campaigns just like I would any other direct-to-consumer store or e-commerce. Exact same everything. The problem is, there's now touch points that occur afterward. 
So when we start talking about pixel information and qualification, especially in lead gen, just like you see in the world of view content and add to cart, a lower cost add to cart does not mean that somebody's more likely to buy. As a matter of fact, lower cost leads tend to be lower quality. That's a good general relationship. Now, it doesn't mean that you should only be focusing on the highest cost leads because there is absolutely a middle ground depending on the scale of your business. And we'll get to that in a bit too. So we're talking about the qualification. This is to say somebody started a lead. Great, that is a customer journey that has been started. And when we're doing marketing, we think of the funnel as a vertical event, which is totally true. But the customer journey is horizontal. And what I mean by that is your Facebook funnel ends with somebody taking a lead. At that point, then they're in an email flow. They're in some qualification for potentially a sales call or whatever else is going on. That lead now has its own customer journey after they've started, but that lead journey starts at the end of the sales funnel. So we have to think of the funnel ends at the beginning of the customer journey through our ecosystem, through our sales process. Now in that sales process, I will pixel every event that comes after that. And there are different ways of doing that. The easiest way or the simplest way is to say if somebody does sign up, pass an offline event to Facebook to say that's a purchase. Great, so now we're running a campaign where the objective is leads, but we can pull in another column that says purchases and see which of these leads ended up in a purchase. And when we start to do that, we're able to understand what type of concepts when running our dynamic creatives results in more effective purchases. And really what we're doing is now to say cost or better yet, efficiency of each one of those concepts. What type of concept isn't just driving the lowest cost lead because that doesn't necessarily matter. Which type of concept drives the most or the lowest cost sale? Because different concepts and different messaging are gonna bring in people of different value. Are you appealing to everyone or the person that's right ready to go? And there's no necessarily best option here and often, just like in e-commerce, it's a blend of choices. But the point is, especially when you're doing creative testing, when you're using dynamic creatives to build out post IDs to then use inside of your, your winners, and you're scaling that campaign, that one campaign that you're running for your account, if you can understand the cost per sale, which is an after lead event, you can begin to optimize for that, especially if you get more volume. Now, you might not be able to optimize the campaign towards that purchase event, but you're going to be able to optimize your decision-making on understanding how effective is this concept versus another one. If you want to go even deeper, and I highly recommend that you do this, if you have other questions in that lead form that do allow you to qualify individuals, for instance, when you go to the Facebook Ads MBA program at submit.facebookdisruptor.com, I have a lead form there. Now in that lead form, I have questions of what's your current daily spend? What are your current problems? Where are you trying to go? Are you ready to get started today? There are options. In general, people that convert tend to answer some of those questions in a similar fashion. 
And ultimately what I'm able to do is I'm able to qualify that lead as good, as, as, as a bad lead, a good lead, or a great lead. So then what I can do is pass that back to Facebook. So instead of it being lead and then purchase, I can have lead and then a qualification of a custom column inside of Facebook because I'm passing back an offline conversion event. This is a bad lead. This is a good lead. This is a great lead. So now I'm able to disqualify concepts. If they bring in a bunch of bad leads, I don't need to wait until I get those people to sign up to know whether that, that lead was good. Because over dozens and dozens, we're closing in on 100 students in the last year joining the Facebook Ads MBA program. I have a very good idea of how you've answered those lead forms to understand whether or not you're a good or bad lead. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to not take the bad leads because believe me, I get people from all over the world. I had somebody sign up last night that is working in an ad agency in Colombia that was spending, they, they were getting paid like what a normal US media buyer makes in a week, they were making in a month. And they'd saved up in order to join. I also have other folks that are spending 20, 30, 50 million dollars a year. They're ready on the drop of a hat. So the point here is what I can do is begin to optimize my creative concepts in testing to lead to me to a place where I am more likely to drive good or great leads. And I can understand what concepts are getting the attention of individuals who I would otherwise classify as a bad lead. And you can do this inside of your business. I've done this in tons of businesses from cars to coaching to real estate. I've done this in insurance. I've done this in will prep. I've done this and I mean, I could go on and on. The point is, this is how you can operate somebody using the lead business model, but still using conversion objectives. And ultimately, when you are qualifying individuals using pixel information to understand where they're coming from, you get the idea with your dynamic creatives, especially when you're starting to get the feedback of that lead form, how best to optimize your marketing efforts to deliver a desirable cost and scale. Because once you start optimizing towards specific types of people, because you know the concepts that are dragging in the highest quality individuals, then you can start to change your sales messaging and your onboarding experience and your call scripts, et cetera, to raise your conversion rate on those people. And so just like in an e-commerce store where you shouldn't be offering, you shouldn't be running ads to five different products, run ads to one and improve the AOV, the LTV and the conversion rate of that one thing because all of your data is going to one piece. In lead gen, we do the same thing. Don't try to be everything to everybody. Figure out what you can afford to spend on, what the best investment with that money is, and ultimately how you can improve the conversion rate and value of that traffic and of those leads by improving your creative. Because your ads are doing the targeting for you, right? In Facebook, ads do the targeting. Every ad makes its own lookalike audience. And every ad defines who that ad is going to appeal to. Again, these are inarguable points, and this is getting down to macroeconomics and then 
of your unit economy of scale, what you're trying to do. And we'll get to a bit more of the cost and scale here in a minute. But the point here is understand what you're doing that is setting up the next stage of the business for success and lean into those things that drive a higher value, higher confidence, more scalable solution. And when you focus in on that, the net result is more revenue for less work. And that's really what it's all about. I know we just covered a lot there. If you have any questions about that stuff, please do not be afraid to comment below, reply back, DM me. I'd love to be able to help you out. If there's other people that you want to make sure that see this, feel free to tag them, share it with them, let them know. I'm also sending this type of stuff out every single week in the newsletter. You can sign up for free at newsletter.facebookdisruptor.com. It's the shape of disrupt to come. Every single week, we've got multiple articles and videos, interviews and blogs. So check that out. Now, the last thing that I want to focus in on here is cost and scale. Now, cost and scale of lead generation has very little to do with initially, how much does your lead cost? Because that doesn't necessarily matter nearly as much as everything else down the funnel. And this is something we've been talking about a lot inside the Facebook Ads MBA program lately. And I felt like it was really helpful for everybody else. And mind you, if you want to jump into the MBA program, you can go to submit.facebookdisruptor.com. You can go through my lead form. We can have a conversation. That all being said, the cost and scale. Remember we talked about before that your marketing funnel is a vertical piece with multiple steps. Now, there is ultimately, at the end of the day, a unit value per lead, right? How many, how much money did we make? How many leads did we get? Say we got a hundred leads and we made a thousand dollars. Theoretically, that means that a lead is worth 10 bucks. That is the bottom of the funnel on Facebook. Your leads are worth $10. Now, if only half of those people actually showed up to sales calls, that means that a booked call where somebody shows up is actually worth $20. The point here is we can now start to understand horizontally a completed sale. Let's say it's worth 500 because out of the 100 leads, 50 of them showed up to a call and let's say two of them bought. That's not the world's best conversion rate, but hey, the purpose of this example, we can follow this through. That means that we have a $500 AOV and a 2% or 4% conversion rate after the sales call. We have a 50% show up rate. Well, that means each one of those things has a different monetary value based on the volume of items coming into that space. So an easy way to say that you could afford spending $20 for a lead instead of 10 is to put your close rate from 4% to 8 Because now those 50 leads that came through, well, instead of being worth $1,000, they're worth $2,000. So out of the 100 leads that you drove, you've now made $2,000 in revenue. That means that you could spend $20 for a lead. Now, where this really works out is, when you're starting to work on evaluating that sales funnel and the customer journey, 
Remember when we talked about in the qualification and pixel by concept, what concepts are more likely to drive good or great lead? Those concepts, you might be able to, they might be worth 15 or $25. Maybe that concept's worth 25. And you're like, well, you just said the leads are only worth 20. Yeah, because if you have also bad leads in there, if you have some five or ten dollar value leads and some twenty five dollar value leads, the net value of each lead might be twenty bucks. But the point is, you have also have a balance, and so what we can start to do is optimize towards the highest value leads that we can, the leads that are more likely to be worth more money, because we're starting to itemize the value by the volume through every stage of the funnel, and then each part of the customer journey because of the volume it signs conversion rate. The value ultimately decides the unit economic of each user throughout that journey. Now, sometimes, especially once you're starting to focus on one primary concept, it becomes harder to get that lead for cheaper. But that also means because all the people are looking more and more similar, it becomes way easier to improve the conversion rate of those leads. So my point here is that you have to understand in the world of lead gen, cost per lead is one very small piece of the puzzle. And when you're trying to scale a business, you ultimately have to understand where is the bottleneck. Where is the thing where you are ultimately limiting your potential? Sometimes it's in my leads cost too much. Sometimes it's in, well, we're starting to drive a whole ton of leads of a new concept and our sales script doesn't appeal to them, but those people that do convert through that concept are worth way more money. Maybe what I should be doing is instead converting, uh, focusing on a better sales you know, journey or pitch to those individuals. And if I can improve their conversion rate, now my value per lead on Facebook goes from 10 bucks to 30. If we have a $500 value on a converted sale, what happens if we get to 10% conversion rate on the people that show up to the call? Now we're really starting to be able to afford way more money. Let's use the same exact unit economics, right? 100 people convert, 100 people sign up, 50% of them show up for the call, five of them buy. Now, each one of them five, is worth 500 bucks. You can spend $25 at the lead. What happens if you get 75% of people to show up for the sales call? How much more money can you spend on a lead? And really this gets down to focusing on the unit economics of every part of your funnel and you might not be good at math and that's totally fine but at the end of the day what you need to be focusing on is what are these actual measurements what is the value and the volume of the customer journey by part of the funnel vertically and then customer journey horizontally after they've given you their information. When you start to look at lead generation in that way, you can 
began to tremendously change the landscape of how you're operating a business. And I'll give one very extreme example, but 100% the thing that I've, I've done in my history. I used to be director of growth for a business called My Life. It is a nine-figure SaaS business. The person who was running the Facebook ads before me was very happy because they were getting a $15 registration, basically a $15 lead cost with a conversion rate of about 25%. Now, the product itself is about 30 bucks a month, which means that it's a 60-day to break even. $30 a month. After two months, that person gives us 60 bucks. Lead cost is 15. One in four of them converts. So each lead is basically worth $60. We net out after 60 days, and after 60 days, we're profitable. When we started to break things down in this way, we got our lead, we got our actual cost per acquisition down to eight bucks. From 60 to eight. Our Facebook ad spend went from 3,000 a day to 50,000 a day at scale. We ultimately ended up cutting back by over $30,000 a day to get an extra $1 million a month in EBITDA. That's the change when you get this stuff right. That being said, if you have any more questions, please feel free. Ask me, let me know. I'd love to help you out. If you want to work with me, go to links.facebookdisruptor.com. I got a lot of options. If you want to check out my lead form and you want to maybe sign up for the Facebook Ads MBA program, go to submit.facebookdisruptor.com. Check it out. Until next time, I'll see you on the internet. YouTube thinks you might like some of this stuff here. Don't be afraid to subscribe. And uh, hey, everybody. I'll see you later.